With us now is Otago University epidemiologist Michael Baker. Welcome along and happy Easter. Yeah, kia ora and happy Easter to you. G'day, Michael. So, well, um, Jacinda Ardern in that statement we just played uh, talked about a lot of people being nervous. Do we have anything to be afraid of? Well, I think we, we know of this pandemic, we have to be cautious at every point. But I think we're now uh, obviously much better informed than that we were um, uh, until quite recently. So um, we are clearly in a much better situation um, to uh, consider um, this um, green zone with Australia. So how do you, do you have any idea on what the, or, or guesses as to what the mechanics might look like if there was in fact an outbreak? Because in, in New Zealand, as we know, when we have, have changed levels, people have been given sort of 24 hours to get back to where they came from. Um, what, what, what would you, how would you expect it to operate? Well, in a way, we can see how this will work because, of course, Australia, as we know, has had outbreaks just like New Zealand and um, they, again, take um, quite a regional approach now. And, of course, uh, depending on the scale of the outbreak, they will shut down travel in and out of an entire state or territory. And in a way, New Zealand will be very much in the same boat as those other states and territories. So, um, And Australia has also demonstrated that with us, where we've had quarantine-free travel into Australia, and they've, again, suspended that for periods when we've had outbreaks. So I think, in a way... We've rehearsed really the model quite well for how that will work. And so obviously anyone travelling to Australia will have to go into this with their eyes open with the realisation that if an outbreak occurred of a certain scale, they may have to stay put for a period. Should the Trans-Tasman bubble have happened sooner? I think you could argue it could have. I mean, uh, we've got um, some states in Australia that have had no cases for months. Um, But... um, Again, um, you know, there's a lot of things to work through. I always think there's the, there's the epidemiology, which is about the level of risk. And then there's the technical things of all of the issues around, um, you know, separating um, different groups of travellers at the airports and documenting where people have, have come from and so on. And then there's the politics of um, just balancing all those um, benefits and risks of doing things. What are you expecting from the announcement? We've got the Qantas in Air New Zealand gearing up for a trans-Tasman bubble uh, pretty soon. Um, what would your expectation be, given the, the government's the pressure the government's placed on itself with the announcement of the announcement? Well, I would say we would expect to have a, a definite timetable for um, this reciprocal quarantine-free travel with Australia. And I guess a lot more details about what remaining details need to be worked out. What what do we know about the contact tracing in terms of the requirements in, in Australia, and you know the scanning, um, the, the whether it's just by option or or not compared to us, and how effective is their contact tracing compared to ours? Well, their contact tracing does vary state by state, but I suspect it's now at a pretty high standard across all of Australia, and um, it's probably fairly comparable to New Zealand, because I think they also have shifted their strategy. I mean, early on, they were they adopted um, what they called um, aggressive suppression. So they were prepared to tolerate seemingly some disease in the, in the population. But now they've, I think, really embraced the elimination approach, which is kind of a zero COVID model like New Zealand. They know that actually it's much better for health and also for the economy and the certainty to basically aim for no transmission in the community at all. And that means putting a lot more effort into 
building up their contact tracing and testing. So I think it's probably at a very similar capacity to New Zealand and most parts of Australia. I, I think that last point that you made is really important that people understand that. that, that uh, I'm not sure if you're referencing an article which came out a couple of days ago, but it was saying that, that countries like ours, which pursued elimination, didn't just get better health results, they had much, much better economic results. When people thought that health was one conversation and, and the economy was another conversation, they were wrong. They were completely intertwined, weren't they? Oh, absolutely. And actually, we published a paper in the British Medical Journal, which is before Christmas, um, where we came to exactly the same conclusion. And we compared countries pursuing elimination, and that was New Zealand, Australia, Taiwan, and China, with um, Europe, including the UK and North America, where they've gone for mitigation and now really suppression. And the evidence is stark. You know, obviously much better, like 100 times lower mortality um, from COVID-19 uh, in countries pursuing elimination, but also much better economic recovery. So just uh, to clarify something I got confused on there, you mentioned suppression and elimination. Are you Did you describe Australia as suppression versus um, us as elimination, or is there a difference and is there a subtle difference there? Oh, no, we, we put um, effectively Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan, China have all gone for elimination now, effectively. Um, they, uh, Scott Morrison was always reluctant to use the E word, um, but I think effectively that's what Australia has embraced now. What about the what about the psychological um, Barry? Do you think that has been one of the big things that government's been aware of that there are frank, you know, we have got used to um, our own being within our own borders and the idea that we've got on top of it. Do you think there's going to be uh, a, a little bit of stress from a lot of New Zealanders just because we've been in this situation for so long? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's understandable because, um, you know, we've had um, setbacks. And, in fact, every country pursuing elimination has had setbacks. But it is that um, ability to um, respond to them quickly that distinguishes countries that have sustained this approach. And, and really the evidence, the case is so strong now, I think, um, for the benefits of, of doing this, even though you know we're aware that a lot of the things do require continuing vigilance and a lot of effort by everyone, I mean, the gains are so good compared with the alternative. We often say it's the least bad option. Mm. Uh, have you had time to reflect on the last lockdown uh, where people said, why is all of Auckland in a level three? Couldn't it just be... South Auckland, and comparisons made with when Sydney has locked down parts of Sydney, but not all of Sydney. Now, not one city has the exact same geography and topography as another city. Uh, but, but in reflecting on that, do you think that there would be a way, if there was another uh, flare-up, that, that you wouldn't have to lock down an entire city? Yeah, look, I think as we're getting more confident with the, the contact tracing we're doing and the other measures, yes, I think there may be potential to get more focus regionally. But the trouble is, you know, Auckland is um, uh, so, such a mobile city. I mean, I grew up there. I know how much movement there is around the city. And uh, so it is difficult um, to have a region that is, that is less than an entire city like Auckland. But I, I think actually the alert level system does need some fine tuning. And we've put a proposal to the government about trying to make it work better with um, less um, restriction on business and schooling and everything. And a lot of that is just recognising that transmission really happens almost entirely indoors. And uh, I don't think we've really embraced the use of masks enough. 
Mm. I think it's better to have masks used widely and keep everything functioning than to force people to stay at home for a period. Well, we always appreciate you giving up your time to be yep. on the program. That is Michael Baker, Otago Uni epidemiologist. Happy Easter once again. Yeah, same to you. Good to talk.